The Inconsiderate Waiter by James Matthew Barry. Frequently I have to ask myself in the street for the name of the man I bowed to just now, and then, before I can answer, the wind of the first corner blows him from my memory. I have a theory, however, that those puzzling faces which pass before I can see who cut the coat all belong to club waiters. Until William forced his affairs upon me, that was all I did know of the private life of waiters, though I have been in the club for twenty years. I was even unaware whether they slept downstairs or had their own homes, nor had I the interest to inquire of other members, nor they the knowledge to inform me. I hold that this sort of people should be fed and clothed, and given airing and wives and children, and I subscribe yearly, I believe, for these purposes. But to come into closer relation with waiters is bad form. They are club fittings, and William should have kept his distress to himself, or taken it away and patched it up, like a rent in one of the chairs. His inconsiderateness has been a pair of spectacles to me for months. It is not correct taste to know the name of a club waiter, so that I must apologize for knowing William's, and still more for not forgetting it. If, again, to speak of a waiter is bad form, to speak bitterly is the comic degree of it. But William has disappointed me sorely. There were years when I would defer dining several minutes that he might wait on me. His pains to reserve the window seat for me were perfectly satisfactory. I allowed him privileges, as to suggest dishes, and would give him information, as that someone had startled me in the reading-room by slamming a door. I have shown him how I cut my finger with a piece of string. Obviously he was gratified by these attentions, usually recommending a liqueur, and I fancy he must have understood my sufferings, for he often looked ill himself. Probably he was rheumatic, but I cannot say for certain, as I never thought of asking, and he had the sense to see that the knowledge would be offensive to me. In the smoking-room we have a waiter so independent that once, when he brought me a yellow chartreuse, and I said I had ordered green, he replied, "'No, sir, you said yellow.' William could never have been guilty of such effrontery. In appearance, of course, he is mean, but I can no more describe him than a milkmaid could draw cows. I suppose we distinguish one waiter from another much as we pick our hat from the rack. We could have plotted a murder safely before William.' He never presumed to have opinions of his own. When such was my mood, he remained silent, and if I announced that something diverting had happened to me, he laughed before I told him what it was. He turned the twinkle in his eye, off or on, at my bidding, as readily as if it was the gas. To my, sure to be wet tomorrow, he would reply, yes, sir. And to Trelawney's, it doesn't look like rain, two minutes afterward, he would reply, no, sir. It was one member who said Lightning Rod would win the derby, and another who said Lightning Rod had no chance, but it was William who agreed with both. He was like a cheroot, which may be smoked from either end. So used was I to him, that had he died or got another situation, or whatever it is such persons do when they disappear from the club, I should probably have told the head waiter to bring him back, as I disliked changes. It would not become me to know precisely when I began to think William an ingrate, but I date his lapse from the evening when he brought me oysters. 
I detest oysters, and no one knew it better than William. He has agreed with me that he could not understand any gentleman's liking them. Between me and a certain member who smacks his lips twelve times to a dozen of them, William knew I liked a screen to be placed until we had reached the soup, and yet he gave me the oysters and the other man my sardine. Both the other member and I called quickly for brandy and the head waiter. To do William justice, he shook, but never can I forget his audacious explanation. Beg pardon, sir, but I was thinking of something else. In these words, William had flung off the mask, and now I knew him for what he was. I must not be accused of bad form for looking at William on the following evening. What prompted me to do so was not personal interest in him, but a desire to see whether I dare let him wait on me again. So, recalling that a caster was off a chair yesterday, one is entitled to make sure that it is on today before sitting down.